if Anne goes to an Astros game, I'll use, I'm using the Astros as an example. I'm trapped yeah. now. No. <laughs> <laughs> if Anne wants to go to an Astros game as a California Angels fan, she should be free of the religion of the Astros fandom. I will say, though, we have some pretty classy fans. Um, <laughs> a, a better example would be if the Angels are playing the Yankees, and we all know the Yankees fans are, are a little rowdy. You should be able to wear a darn Astros, Angels, Oakland A's jersey at Yankee Stadium and not have to have the religious mob of Yankee fans descending upon you, throwing popcorn and and splashing beer all over you and your husband. Welcome back to Scotland Talks. So happy to have you here with me today. We're going to talk about joy. We're going to talk about life how to have less stress and more success with the power of joy. Please do like and subscribe. And I'm excited today to have Freddy Cruz on the show. You've probably seen me um, with him in several other shows in the past. We've done panels together. I was on his podcast as well. It's always such a treat to have Freddy in the house. Freddy Cruz back. Hi, Freddy. Hey, good to see you again. And I say back because I feel like we've been on the show together. We've been on other shows together. We've been on panels yes. together. I've been on your podcast. So, yes. um, yay. So excited to have you here in the space today. And um, so Freddie, if you don't know already, is a radio and media personality. Tell us a little bit more about you and what you do, Freddie. Okay. So 2022 marks the first year that I've really not known that I started the year not knowing what I was going to do. I knew what I didn't want to do, and that was continue a job in corporate media. So I left on my own accord at at the end of 2021 by not renewing my deal with uh, a radio station, uh, who I've got a lot of respect for my former uh, employer. Um, But yeah, it was just not for me. And so um, kind of navigating that terrain of, well, if not that, then what? And so um, I really gave up on corporate America in the middle of May when I decided, you know what, 400 applications in, 55 rejections. If I'm going to get rejected and ghosted this many times, I might as well start my own business and experience all these things Um creating my own my own empire and you know this because you you have your own empire you've got your own institute of joy so i mean it's yeah it, it's uh living life on your own terms and you know my my wife and i had had made this you know, we, we've made some moves and uh that would allow for this sort of thing and so um um in july i i officially launched my own media agency and am doing that and i've got the podcast which uh season two uh, debuts on this date. It debuts on September 20th, which may or may not be before or after. So, yeah. Oh, that's so exciting. Wow. So a lot of change in a big year and, um, and, and, and congratulations on all of that. You know, like this whole show is about emotional wellness and joy and just basically how can we live life better? And we talk about real stuff. And some of that is, you know, when jobs aren't working or when, you know, corporate relationships aren't working or when you need to just make a shift in anything. And I think it's, you know, it's it's great that we can just talk about it and be like, hey, this is what happened. My gut was telling me this isn't where you're supposed to be anymore. And I've been in that space several times in my life. And um, it always takes a lot of courage. But then once you take the leap, you're usually like, why didn't I do this before? 
Yes, exactly. Well, and I felt that I felt that in the middle of May, uh, like, okay, you got rejected 50, 55 times, man. <laughs> and, and then it just kind of started. I, um, I was on a, I was in another interview and, and I described it as, uh, the Rocky one. I don't know if you've seen Rocky one where Rocky is pretty much just goading Apollo to continue to beat the crap out of him. Oh, is that all you got? And he's got the pepperoni, you know, the pepperoni color eye and yeah. And, and, and that was kind of what I felt. Uh, and it just started to become more of a game. Like, okay, well, if I've, you know, if I get three rejections, that means I've got to be three steps closer to getting a job. Right. Uh, and then it just came to be like, all right, I'm getting really sick of this. <laughs> and I'm not going to, uh, no, I'm just not, I, I don't want to, I don't want to live my life just constantly being rejected. I need some good news. <laughs> and it's so true, right? Because, and of course they don't know what they missed out on. Silly all mm. of you for not <laughs> hiring Freddie because he has such an ama yeah. amazing energy and personality and passion for life. And thank you. Um, but also, yes, this is crazy when we experience like door after door after door after door slamming. And it's just like, and it's not because you're not qualified or I speak for myself or it's not because you don't have the right credentials. Or you don't have the right experience. You don't have the right product. It's just, you're kind of like, this just doesn't even make sense. Like I know people who are way less trained, way less experienced, have way less charisma who are getting these jobs. So what is what? It's like, okay, university, you're trying to tell me something. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, um, and, and I empathize with, I try at least <laughs> sometimes I fail, but I, I try to empathize. I, I try to put myself in the shoes of a hiring manager because we hear all about the great resignation and we hear about this, that, and the other. And, and com again, coming from the corporate world, it was all about doing more in a shorter amount of time. And oh, by the way, you're overpaid. And it's so funny when we talk about um, the great resignation because it's so funny because it just reminds me of some, I know you love books, some mm. of the classic book titles and just the old, you know, the old English vocabulary. And, you know, we used to use such amazing words like resignation was used like, oh, he's so resigned, right? Like, oh. He's just resigned. The great resignation. And that's whenever someone says the great resignation, that's what I think of. And um, but in a way, it's kind of parallel because it's, you know, you know, it's stepping away from that space where you're like, fine, just treat me like whatever. I can just endure it. I guess I just can be tougher. I guess I can just tough out this job, this treatment, this low lower pay. And and sometimes we just have to out of pure survival, right? right? But what is it when we um, what is it when we talk about, you know, people in power? How is it that we don't let them affect our happiness? And sometimes that means changing a job. Sometimes it means not changing a job. But let's talk about that, because that's really often what it comes from, whether this is whether you're in our audience today and you're thinking about, you know, do you want to make a huge job shift? Do you want to go into corporate? Do you want to leave corporate? Um, is there, are there people in high places that are making your life miserable, uncomfortable, you know, and, and how, why do we let that happen? Why do we let it make us so miserable? I think 
humans by nature are are creatures of habit. So we, we don't want to, if we've been in, in the same position for, and I would think long-term, of course, I came from a, a, from a position where I was there for 16 straight years and had a lot of job security. Um, and even then, when the offer that I could refuse, that I did refuse, when that was made, it was, oh, but we want you here. I'm like, well, your your actually your offer speaks you know <laughs> says otherwise but okay uh so I, I i could have probably kept the job and i'd still be there and i wouldn't be talking to you but i think that we tend to kind of get into this into this groove where it's like you just go along to get along and at some point if you start to get that vibe and I kind of started to see the writing on the wall because you can only be told that you're overpaid and that you make too much money uh, so many times before you're like, yeah, all right. How am I not fired by now? If you guys right. are saying this crap no, to me, so true. It, it's, it's so like true. you guys are not, and the mask is off. Why are <laughs> so, so sometimes the signs hit you right in the face yeah. uh, when you see the mask come off and they're not just, you know, blowing smoke anymore. Right. So I think that if you are uh, long term, I would consider five. My I think my position, especially in media, is uh, quite unique because nobody's in a, at a radio station for 16 years. Uh, it, it's just unheard of. But um, I think if you're long term, five years, and you start to kind of get that vibe, trust your gut. And if you haven't made, you know, I hate to sound like Dave Ramsey or Susie Orman or Rich Dad, Poor Dad, but, you know, start making those moves. Make sure you've got, make sure you've got your financial um, assets in game before you can make a move like that. I think the only reason why my wife and I were able to make, you know, why I was able to basically say, yeah, no, is because of that, because I could easily have been I don't want to say force because no one's no one would force me to do anything, but it it would be a lot it would have been a lot harder if we didn't have our ducks in a row. So I think that's step one is making sure that you're that you're set for a few months to write it out. Or you know, thankfully if you've got a a spouse or a living partner, or if you're at home with mom and dad, which by the way I lived I lived at home with my mom and dad, my stepdad. So I was 26, and there's no shame in my game. I, of course, I graduated. I finally graduated from college. No, it's not strictly yeah, generation. You know, <laughs> I, I don't. I, it's weird to me that people are like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna kick our son and our daughter out at 18." It's a boom, you're on your own, junior. It's like I don't get that, but it just it's like making sure that all your financial ducks are in a row. Then it's like okay um soulless corporate manager and i hate to bag on corporate america but they really know we're gonna have it. to stop <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry but not really um <laughs> yeah uh but it's like you just have to draw that line in the sand it's like okay yeah. you, you see the signs all right the signs are there i need to do something have mm -hmm. I made them? Have I made the smart moves as far as taking care of bills and rent? And I have a home, I have a car, or whatever. Yeah. Okay, cool. I've got those ducks in a row. Start making your moves because this isn't one of those rip the band rip the band aids off kind mm -hmm. of deal. It's all strategic, and you don't tell anybody what you're doing. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Yes. So, how do you keep your joy alive when you're making changes? And I know when I work with my clients, I'm always saying, and you know, I feel like they're probably sick of me saying this always have several pots on the stove if you can you know if you have a passion project um go for it apply yourself if you you want to become an entrepreneur but you don't have the finances to go completely independent right yet 
start your business anyway and then keep that day job until you're making more in your new business or for some people like in your new artistic endeavor or your new you know you're gonna your new author as a new author until you're making more there or enough there that you can quit the other one because there's no point in in suffering needlessly and part of being well and taking care of ourselves is making sure that we we have all those bases covered so so are you finding more joy now that you've made a transition because that's yeah. a fair question yeah yeah i mean i really have and i mean i'd, I'd be really joyful once i start making a, a <laughs> yeah. but uh no it, it's a lot easier and you know and i got it was one of those there was an there was a quote unquote exercise that we had to take um in, in my previous employer and i swear i i love some of these people oh yeah um, but it was like how has the pandemic made you better and I really thought about that. Like I was still thinking about that even after I had left. And I'm like, you know what? It didn't make me better. I just, it, it really, it, it didn't, it didn't. I mean, look at where I was. I mean, and, and look at my situation now by, you know, objectively speaking, um, before I decided to launch my own business, you know, I, I'll, I didn't have a job and I was treating my podcast like a real job. And I was writing as if, you know, I was writing full time to keep myself busy, to keep myself from falling into a Netflix binge, um, which may or may not have happened at least once on a weekend, but with my kids and not well, during the never week. Happens. Yeah, that's never happened. But, you know, um, yeah, I just didn't want to end up, I didn't want to end up being lazy. And so, um, yeah, it's being busy is so important. I mean, that's such a big aspect of staying busy, but also with enough time for self-reflection. Um, yeah, absolutely. sometimes we can say, stay manically busy so we don't have to process. And then sometimes it's like, okay, I know I need to process this. I need to get, you know, for those of us who like can fall easily into that sort of overworking space. Sometimes it's harder to sit still and just kind of evaluate than it is to just keep going. But having that balance, right? Having that balance to know. Yes. And, and I think well, there's- How do I take care of me? So here's, right. here's a thing, here's a job, here's an issue, here's a story that's going on in my life right now. So that's a thing. And I have to take action steps and I have to make decisions, but that's not who I am. Who I am is something separate from that. Um, I go into that. That's part of, you know, what I do with my life. But how am I here and here and here? Like, how am I? Where am I at? Um, am I focusing on the negative too much? Um, am I, you know, I, I'm not like, I don't use the word manifest lightly, but like, am I manifesting more negative experiences by, you know, kind of putting that out there, you know, so not to get into the metaphysical too much today, but <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm not it's like what do you say? Because I've actually been obsessed with that. Because okay. I'm like, it just seems like the more I, the more I think about things, the more what I want, the more of what I want. It's like on my own algorithm, and and it's really strange how that works. Really strange how that works. Like and, and I'm seeing it before my eyes, and I'm finding more and more the science behind it. You know, because when all, a lot of that first came out, you know. Um, the secret back in whenever and you know all that stuff i was like okay you know if i just say to myself in the mirror in the morning you're a billionaire i'm like something's just not ringing true for some reason because <laughs> i don't see yeah i don't like, see all i don't see more zeros in my bank account fake and forced like 
I'm like, <laughs> no. But now I'm understanding there's, you know, so much more nuances to, yeah. you know, if I look back at some of that or some of the, you know, some of the newer works and some of the newer new teachers as well, I'm starting to see those those nuggets of wisdom where it was never, it was about declaring what you actually already are. Now, some people mm -hmm. take that to an extreme, you know, if there's like, I'm, you know, a billionaire. It's not like you're not allowed to say that. It's just that for me, I'm, I'm right on that fence between the realist and spiritual. Um, and I like literally go back and forth and I'm like, what am I right in this moment? <laughs> it's like finding the balance, but I feel like that's where most people are. You, yeah. you know, most people are on the fence like that. Like, okay, well, I miss being connected to that sort of spirituality, maybe that at one time in my life I had, but then I felt like I got trapped in dogma or that was being taught that just clearly didn't resonate to me as healthy or true. So then I kind of flipped, fell all the way off the other side. I'm like, okay, I'm just going logic. That's it. I'm over it. And then you're like, but then there's a chunk of me missing. So how do I kind of, you know, cause I, so that's where I like to have conversations sometimes. It's kind of like, yeah, it's when we're on the fence, what's working and what isn't. And it's so personal. And that's where I think, you know, big organized religion to extremes at least sometimes gets it wrong because they forget how personal it needs to be. You have to find what works for you. It's like not one diet doesn't fit all. It's almost like it's, gosh, and I hate saying this. Oh, and if you're watching the, if you're not watching the video, I'm just dragging my fingers across my face because I don't, I hate <laughs> saying it. <laughs> but I'm like, it's almost like, well, okay. Well, you said it first. You said big religion. <laughs> and so I think, you know, it's, I think, what if it's become corporatized <laughs> and not corporatized from like a money perspective, but like corporate, like bureaucracy, bureaucratic. Uh, and that's always kind of been like the, 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 the dichotomy that I've wrestled with. It's like, well, wait a minute. If, if my creator is everywhere, why do I only get to see him on Sunday between this time and this time? And, and wait a minute. So you mean to tell me that if I talk to him in the morning and think about him when I'm playing with my dog and then I see him when I see my children and my wife. Um, so none of that counts if I don't go to his house on Sunday. Yeah. All the things that I do every single day do not count if I don't go on Sunday. <laughs> and so I guess that's like, that's, that's, that's the conflict that I see. Yeah, no, it's kind of like, you know, and, and it depends on like the religion, yeah. you know, some, some teach the take home version, which yeah. I think is take home practice, <laughs> but then there's still amount of needing to be involved to be okay. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, it's such a personal journey because I think for some people that resonates fine. I can think of a lot mm -hmm. of friends and family who that resonates like that's a such a big part of their life. Um, they live for their social support in their religious ex organization every week, you know, for the holidays, the celebrations. Uh, that's where a lot of their friends are, you know, in many cases, that's where their kids go to school. And so this is just this, it's, um, it actually becomes more cultural um, than strictly spiritual. Uh, right. It becomes, and as, I mean, we won't gonna deny that there aren't business elements in the world that <laughs> there is money, there is power. Sure. There's also an incredible amount of good people at the top mm -hmm. in many of these organizations, not all, 
We don't see, yeah, we don't see or hear their stories. We all, we all hear the negative going yeah. back to, there are good people. I yeah, there are, there are. are, I think the good guys far away the bad guys, but unfortunately yeah. in this negative world that we all kind of tend, we collectively speaking gravitate to, you know, we don't want to hear the positive stories. And it's, you know, and it's so easy for us, it, especially, and I know you and I both came from fairly conservative religious backgrounds. So like, it's so easy to just say good and bad. And I'm like, okay, yeah. that's really my first conversation is, okay, so what about gray? Because uh, it's like, someone, be an did, option. <laughs> someone has done, you know, maybe made a poor choice in their leadership in a religious environment. But I do believe this particular person still has a good heart. They actually had good intentions that so they made a mistake. Now, does that make them good or bad? Am I good or bad? Because I mess stuff up all the time, but then sometimes I do really good and compassionate and healthy things. So what is this whole good and bad? And I think getting, getting real is sort of the first step. But what I'm learning in my own journey is getting real isn't dropping spirituality completely and just saying, this is it. I'm just, I'm over it. I'm done. I don't know if I'm an atheist or whatever, but I'm over here somewhere because, and that just didn't work for me because at my core, there was something super missing. So it's like, okay, so I have to kind of, kind of keep, you know, we're spiritual beings. And I even think, you know, the natural world is too. So you can't just cut off something and say, oh, you know, I conceived myself magically grew from a cell or single <laughs> cell organism to a human being that can think and function and make decisions. It's yeah. like, there's something out there. I don't know what, but yeah. How can I find a place where I can feel a healthy relationship with that without having to kind of like, feel like someone's always looking over my shoulder. <laughs> you live a more colorful life when you ask questions because yes. when you just live from a formula, some people love that, but to me, that's living too safe because you're not really living who you were, if you're going to say such thing, designed to be, which is to process, to think, to use deductive reasoning. Um, now, some people say, oh, that's completely separate from spirituality. You can't like think deductively and scientifically and also spiritually. Um, but well, apparently I can because I'm a human and I'm one being right now and <laughs> I'm thinking about both. So. Yeah. I'm having a spiritual experience in real time in my real life. And I'm also fascinated by the science of spirituality. I'm also fascinated by science in general. Like we're so much bigger and more expansive than we're kind of originally taught that we are supposed to be, you know, in this myopic space. But really we're like, we're just scratching the surface of all that can be known and understood and, and, and enjoyed and tried, right? It's expansive, not get smaller, smaller, smaller. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't imagine what it'd be like if Galileo decided, oh, you know what? I'm not going to ask any questions or Sir Isaac Newton was like, yeah, you know what, whatever. Or the, or the framers of our country, the constant, you know, the founders of our country were like, yeah, you know what? Freedom of religion. Uh, no, nah, that just sounds like too much work. We might as well just bend the knee to the King, you know? Right, 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 uh, and right. I think you, and to your point, I think freedom of, of religion, I think, Religious freedom, I think it's also to be free of religion and to be free of somebody imposing something on you. And it could be any kind of re <laughs> uh, sports is a religion. <laughs> and if I and and, you know, um, if you go like if if 
Anne goes to an Astros game. I'm using the Astros as an example. I'm trapped yeah. now. No. <laughs> if Anne wants to go to an Astros game as a California Angels fan, she should be free of the religion of the Astros fandom. I will say, though, we have some pretty classy fans. Um, <laughs> a, a better example would be if the Angels are playing the Yankees, and we all know the Yankees fans are, are a little rowdy. You should be able to wear a darn Astros, Angels, Oakland A's jersey at Yankee Stadium and not have to have the religious mob of Yankee fans descending upon you, throwing popcorn and and splashing beer all over you and your husband. So it really, it is, um, you know, you made me think of the phrase instead of religious freedom, spiritual freedom um, or spirit freedom, like literally Mm. like my spirit. Now we have somewhere you know in the world and this is where you know and i do study the great philosophers and a lot of the great and ancient religions across the board because i'm fascinated by all of that you know but quite consistently the basic morals of being human are the same right most of us know this now you know you know don't kill preferably don't be sleeping with your brother's wife um don't be don't think that should be obvious don't (laughs) steal from other people don't burn their house down just because you're pissed like there's don't you know don't murder don't rape like there's these basic elements of how human dignity should be treated i mean if you read anything from the dalai lama or anyone else even in present time right of the great thinkers and movers there's there are a code of ethics as human beings that we live by that somehow we're deeply wired to most of us understand. But to me, from that point on, that beca- that's a religious, that's a personal code. I'm a human being, I'm an earthling. <laughs> this is a code of what you get to do to live here and be accepted yeah. and, um, and, and to help support and promote life and well-being of your fellow creatures, of your fellow humans. Beyond that, then there is a big element of spiritual freedom. You know, who would Buddha have been or who would Gandhi have been or would, who would have Jesus Christ been if they hadn't exercised spiritual freedom to think outside of their organized structure? Mm-hmm. All revolutionaries and the ones that most of us in the world, even across unilaterally respect the most for great thinking and for human freedom and for human rights, um, they had to think outside the box. If they hadn't practiced freedom of their spirit, they would have never become who they were. And to me, that's that's one line in the sand is who are the followers and who are the leaders? Some people really, really want to be followers. Um, I do have yeah. a little bit of a thing with. And I've got a problem with that. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and I really do. I'm, like, because I'm sorry, what... but I'm not a sheep. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I, I just got, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and it, it goes back to this, uh, um, Chuck Palahniuk, who's my favorite writer of all time. He's the guy who wrote fight club. Um, he says that you can basically dwindle down, you can dwindle human down, human beings down to two, to two groups, those who want to dominate and those who want to avoid being dominated. And I am in that latter group because I don't want to dominate. So like, leave me alone. I want to do my thing. And I think there's a middle group too, which this sounds really kinky now, but like <laughs> she wants to be dominated. So using terminology <laughs> properly, um, <laughs> it's like there's the people who really want to be followers and told what to think. 
Well, and they want to dominate the people who don't want to be dominated. Right. So, well, they do though. So then there's three. To me, there's the people who Mm. dominate. There's the people who are like, yes, please. So I don't have to like use any common sense or think for myself or like, can you just give me a recipe book? Like, that's it. I can't. And then you have the people who are like, no, I'm, I'm my own person. And there's nothing wrong with the people who want to follow. That's maybe who they were wired to be. Maybe that's where they, you know, the universe has them in their space. But there's some of us who are like the question, I mean, God, I was so much trouble most of my childhood, not for doing anything particularly wrong, but constantly asking questions <laughs> like, why, why, why? And I wasn't being sassy or whatever my mom always called me. I actually wanted to know yeah. like, well, why this? And well, why that? Well, but, but this, so that doesn't make sense with that. And the older I got, the worse it got because <laughs> pretty much I'm just like, yeah, I'm inquiring and I love the freedom to choose and I love the freedom to explore. And even in my own professional life, my personal life, even my spiritual life, if I hadn't pursued the things that called to me, I would have had a very less colorful life. And and I don't regret anything in my life. Even the things that weren't ideal, I don't regret because it's taken me to the next level in so many areas, including my spirituality. We're such complex creatures. And that's the thing that I think is so incredibly beautiful. It can be incredibly beautiful about human beings. It can also be our demise. It really depends on how we choose to use that. Um, you know, living all these different aspects of our life. We're not, <clears throat> you know, when I, you know, when I'm working with corporate clients and we're working around around building team and we're talking about emotional wellness and I'm like, if there isn't. Uh, it's not, you know, I talk about work-life integration now, not work-life balance, because it's not like we were this person at work and this person when we're not at work, we're still just one person. Sorry, I'm going to have to cough. <coughs> we're still one person. We're a whole person. So what we do with our profession affects us personally. What we do spiritually affects our profession. What we do, you know, in our interaction with other people socially um, affects us spiritually. Like everything we're so complex and this is amazing. And this is what I like the amazing thing about being a human being. But I think freedom of spirit is freedom of spirit is something I'm going to think more about going forward because it's less about like freedom of religion or freedom of choice. But I mean, I guess I would say I was born to be a free spirit. So that's easier said, easy for me to say, but <laughs> yeah, I think it's, I think also a lot of people, I think we, I think we all were, and it was coerced out of us. And I won't say, you know, that it's any one particular factor, although I'm sure the public school education system in America has a lot to do with that. <laughs> but <laughs> because it's a lot of, it's a lot of, you know, you have to do this, you have to do that. And where my kids went to school, it was, uh, husky hugs and bubbles. So can you imagine making a bunch of teenagers or college kids walk around with their hands like this so that they don't, you know, making a bubble with your cheeks like that so you don't talk and your hands folded across your chest so you don't touch anything? Oh, but it's great because you know what? The walls at school are perfectly painted. <laughs> and no kids are talking so we don't have to interrupt any of the other classes so yeah life is messy messy. yeah but you can it for a while but it is yeah but you know what you really hit something on you hit the nail on the head um with work-life integration and i think that for far too long we have 
compartmentalized or at least tried and in some cases tried and failed, maybe tried and succeed for some, but tried to uh, compartmentalize everything. You go to you go to your nine to five and then you come home and then you have dinner and then you go and it's so robotic. And that's part of that that lot that that I hate to say it again, that part of that corporate life where you go in and it, it's like you're you're a robot, you're a machine. But what if you're not meant to be that? You're born a free spirit and somehow the the ability to raise questions, ask questions, to question authority, to say no, that's not right to people who have power and influence over you. It's it's coerced out of us yeah. and some of us don't realize it, but what if that work-life integration is all about finding the ability to bend the limited amount of time we have so that you can have it all. I mean, I'm thinking to myself, if you wake up at five and then you block off certain hours of the day, so you, you know, for five to 10, you have this. And from, from 10 to three, you have this. And then from three to uh, three to eight, you have this. And then you wind down and go to bed at 10. And then you 10, 10 to five in the morning, that's seven hours of sleep. You're good. <laughs> so you, your life is perfectly integrated. You can bend time according to what Ann and according to what Freddie needs. Right. So if we have to take the doggos to the vet, if we have to, you know, we want to maybe take an extended walk if we want to go on a on a five mile run because we're self loathing and enjoy the torture, uh, we can do that. <laughs> or maybe you just like the fresh air. No, but it's so true. And I think you know. And then I'm um, you know as we kind of wind down because I know uh, we've had so much fun here. But kind of even what you're summarizing what you were saying and adding to it is it really does come to living sort of in a state of flow. Now that means different things to different people, but. Um, because we don't stay the same period every moment scientifically you're a different person in many ways than you were a moment before you're just at the cellular level let alone at a quantum level right so we are constantly changing moving adapting evolving whatever you want to call it in every area of our lives that's why static cookie cutters don't work that's why cookie cutter religion doesn't work because who you were at one age may not have anything to do with who you are at another age or another place in life. That's why uh, you should love this career because this is the career you trained for. Well, but I don't love doing that anymore. I wanna do it my own way or I wanna do it differently because we're constantly changing. So these prescriptions are one diet, you know, remember the Atkins diet or whatever? <laughs> one diet, there's one diet. And how many thousands of diets have we had since then? Um, we're constantly growing and changing. There's always new information. There's always new scientific information. There's always new, depending on your perspective from the spiritual people in the world who are kind of doing the hard work, there's new spiritual perspectives. There's constantly, and we wanna try it. Look at nature, look how adaptable nature is. Look at how it never stays, what in nature stays the same? I mean, if someone says a rock or a rock, okay, but we know that even on a molecular level, they're in you know, movement and there's just always something going on, right? It's like, nothing stays the same. So trying to put that cookie cutter on any of us and say, you have to fit in this box. You have to do walk around school like this. You have to uh, 
go to your religious place of worship at this time on this day, or you're not really a good person or a spiritual person, or you have to do your job in a certain way, micromanagement, the death of all creatives, right? right? You have to be in a certain state of flow. And in your life, life is not perfect. It isn't rigid. The dog does have to go to the vet last minute. Mine does today, literally not an emergency, but she's a little sick and we need to take her in. And it's, it's like, okay, so that has to change constantly. If you have kids, you know, right? Like constantly moving, changing and adapting. It's an amazing and marvelous life, but we have to really embrace it and be willing to um, flow with it and learn and be open. If you aren't open, you're never going to flourish. That's it. <laughs> Boom. I should unplug my mic and drop it for you. <laughs> Couldn't have said it myself. <laughs> myself. Right? Uh, and I was picturing a flower at that moment. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of true. Um, this has been so much fun, Freddie. I think we talked about everything in the book today, which was perfect as far as I was concerned, because I always love talking to you. It's always so much fun. We talked about, you know, finding your joy in your professional life, making decisions you need to do to take care of yourself financially, personally, emotionally, then even spiritually and how that affects every aspect of our life. And um, always such a joy to have you here. And we're going to have to do this again one day because we haven't even started talking about books. <laughs> <laughs> hey, whenever you need me, I'm here. You just ring me up. We got the man with the digital marketing plan, the the man behind the behind the madness, Mickey, Mickey Mickelson. That's Shout right. We got him. Shout out to Mickey. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And and then let also our viewers and listeners know where they can find out more about you. Oh, sure. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. Freddie Cruz Creative Works.com. Yeah. So that's that is probably that's... the longest but easiest to spell. <laughs> you are all I've ever heard. Usually it's like some really long name that in a different language that I can like, I, I have no idea of it. Yeah. Cruz. I'm on LinkedIn and uh, Instagram. That's usually where I'm at. Clear. That's like pure English. And he doesn't, he smells Freddie the normal way and Cruz. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. So even Anne, they're like, was that with an E or without an E? Is it Scotland or Scotland? I'm like, oh dear, here we go. <laughs> But thank you again. Always a joy to have you here. And thank you all for listening. Please do like and subscribe. We want to keep this content coming to you. Um, send in your comments and questions about today's episode. There might even be some great nuggets in there for another conversation in the future. So let us know what you would like to hear more about on this show. Thank you for joining Scotland Talks and we'll see you soon.